on the daily mainly podcast royalty the content kings when you talking about the franchise with 17 rings focus like danny at the deadline global but it got a local feel like the red line the blue line the green line play it in between time i'ma throw my c's jersey on in the meantime and press play when the f's done i can't wait until the next day trying to stay in tune with the c's it's the best way Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, I'm glad that you're taking this show along with you, at least for a little bit. Hopefully your day is just going to be a little bit brighter as you listen to this show. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Boston Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. You can subscribe to Boston Sports Journal using the promo code Corrales. You'll get an annual subscription. And uh, for five bucks off, that's less than three bucks a month for all of your Boston sports coverage, including uh, my Boston Celtics coverage. I'm also the author of the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, a book you can buy now everywhere books are sold. You can also go to my website, johncorrales.com, and order an autographed copy with a personal inscription, if you're so inclined. Boston Celtics lose... Two, the Cleveland Cavaliers, one seventeen to one ten, and normally what I do is the good, the bad, and a storyline. Forget it. Uh, I'm not. I'm not doing good and bad. And I'm just. I'm just talking in this one. This is just going to be talking because this game. This game is, is as I wrote on Boston Sports Journal, this game is like when you're working on something on your computer and it freezes on you and you're stuck. The computer is frozen and you're like, what the hell am I doing now? What do I do now? Whether it's a school project whether it's me writing a, a column or a feature, everybody knows this. Uh, if you're a podcaster listening to me, how many times has what you, you've been working on frozen on you? How many podcasts have you lost? I've lost a few. We all know that feeling of whatever it is that you're working on freezing and you're just going, oh shit, uh-oh. This is not good. And to varying degrees of that that kind of reaction. And just hoping like, oh God, hopefully some of this saved. Hopefully there's like an auto save that 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 kept some of this. Hopefully these guys, you know, the, this all the progress that we've seen from a four game win streak and 
good performances against Brooklyn and against Utah. Even though they were losses, they were still playing hard, and they they really showed that with that effort they can they can hang. Even after a slow start against Houston, they snapped into place and it was like, okay, we got this, and it turns into a a huge blowout where they they were up by almost forty at one point. Progress. The Celtics had been making progress, and then they they play this game, and you're just like, oh boy. I hope some of that saved. So what happened is the Celtics came out, and it felt like they were going to try to shoot their way past the Cavaliers. Jason Tatum got the first shot of the game, and you could tell just right away, he was he he was pulling up. He had no intention of driving the ball. He had no intention of really working. Uh, he brought the ball down, and yeah, the defense backed up. And but he he didn't want to work for a a great shot with about 15 seconds on the shot clock. Now he comes over half court with 19 seconds on the shot clock, 20 seconds on the shot clock. So he just basically dribbles up is is being guarded by Larry Nance and then the first chance he gets to take a three-pointer he pulls. Okay, fine. It's a fairly open three, but no offense, no nothing. He just pulls from three. And as soon as he took that three-pointer, I was like this is what the Celtics are going to try to do. They're not going to they're not going to work the ball at all. They're going to try and shoot and that's that's basically what they did. The first half was just full of jumpers. And when those jumpers weren't falling, Brad Stevens said after the game, I thought we came out with good energy, but once a couple of shots didn't fall, they, they, their shoulders slumped. And that's, that's what led to just a horrible performance. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? I don't know the answer to that right now, but at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up in just a moment. So, man, what a terrible day for me to have to say, are you happy because you win? Oh, boy. Um, The Celtics in the first quarter shot 8 for 22. 2 of 10 from 3. Jason Tatum, 0 of 3. Marcus Smart hit a couple of shots. He hit 2 of 3 from 3. No one else hit a shot. Pritchard missed. Jalen Brown missed 1. Shemi missed 1. Tatum missed 3. And those misses just piled up, and the Celtics just went into a shell. And I, I don't know what it is. There are a couple of things here at play. And... At first, I want to say the Celtics come out and and they feel like it seems that against the worst teams in the league or lesser teams in the league that they can come out and be like, okay, yeah, we got this. It's not a big deal. Um, We're tired. We're, you know, it's a back-to-back. You know, we, we got in late. I got up early for my COVID test. I don't feel like doing all the things I need to do, so I'm just going to pull up for these shots. And that's kind of how it felt like in in the beginning. And it wasn't until the desperation kicked in that they actually started playing well. But for most of the first half, it felt like 
they were just going to, yeah, well, we're just, it's Cleveland. It's not a big deal. We'll turn it on, just like we did with Houston. Houston was a slow start, too. And they just decided, eh, whatever. We got it. Not a big deal. And then the this feeling that they can just shoot their way out of things is problematic. It's just a jump shooting team. And if the jumpers aren't falling, then the jumpers aren't, it's just not going to happen. And so it's tough for a team like the Celtics right now to, to play this way, to come into a game and, and not put that effort in from the beginning. And when you look at the Celtics, they're scoring 38 points in the first half, but then 36 points in the third and 36 points in the fourth. You say, where was that effort at the beginning? How did that not start? How did they not come out and say, all right, we're going to come out juiced up. We're going to come out in warmups. We're going to come out strong. We're going to come out like that. That's when you have your energy. That's when you have your coffee in the locker room. And you, you come out, you get yourself hyped up and you get yourself all worked up into a frenzy and you get that boost, that, oh, that adrenaline come out strong and they just can't do it. Now, sometimes that happens. Sometimes that just happens. Look, I've, I've been in games. I've been on the sidelines thinking like, wow, we're going to get smoked because we just don't have it right now. Sometimes teams don't have it. I accept that. But the Celtics don't seem to have it against teams that are quote-unquote beneath them. And that, I just can't accept that. The Boston Celtics should have come out in this game and did what they did in the second half in the first half. This way... You expend all of your energy. It would have been made much more sense to me if the Celtics had an awesome first half and a crappy second half, and you say, wow, what happened there in the third quarter? We're like, well, you know, they, they ran out of gas. Okay, I can, I can accept the running out of gas and the things slowing down. If you come out strong, maybe you build a 20-point lead and you say, well, they let their foot off the gas. It still wouldn't be great, but they just don't seem to have... That, that push, and, and another thing that I wrote in a different piece on Boston Sports Journal, I, I don't know if these guys, with their multiple Eastern Conference runs, with their multiple All-Stars and, and all of that stuff, if they don't, I wonder if they don't come in here thinking like, look, we're here. Hey guys, the Celtics have arrived. Bow down. Like that Xerxes scene from 300 where he shows up in that that being carried by hundreds of guys. And when he steps down, they all step underneath him. So he can, they, they act as a human stairs. Like, Oh, Larry Nance, come act as a human stare as I step down. So you can greet me. Is that, is that part of this, this arrogance? Is that a thing? Have they, if they pumped themselves up to be something that in their minds, they're bigger than what they are. I would hope not, but it's hard for me not to watch them play against lesser teams and think that they've somehow earned the right to feel superior. And Jason Tatum should be the best player on the floor. Jalen Brown should be 
potentially the best player on the floor in that game. Yeah, Sexton is great right now, and he's having a breakout year, and Garland is playing well and and all of that, but no, Tatum and Brown are the All-Stars. They should be playing better. And there are things at play. There are things at play that are extenuating circumstances and all of that stuff. That is all still true. But very clearly, and Brad Stevens admitted it, the effort in the first half after a few shots didn't fall was not up to par. It was not there. And it continues to not be there against the bad teams. And the Celtics, aside from the circumstances of this season and fatigue and the schedule and blah, 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 they did it last year too. I just... I hope that it's not some level of arrogance where these guys think it's Cleveland. We're good because, Hey Celtics, you're a 500 team now. And, and some of this attitude, some of this energy has to be refocused. They have to, they have to refocus themselves. I'll continue after the break. After I name the ultra player of the week. That's right, Michelob Ultra with its two and a half carbs and 95 calories per bottle. They have the ultra taste, the ultra enjoyment, and we know that joy creates success. We know because we're feeling the opposite right now, but joy creates success, and when we see the Celtics succeed, which player is the best mixture of joy, enjoyment, happiness? Which player is gives us those things to me this week it can only be one guy Marcus Smart who's back Marcus Smart is back and he in the Houston game flipped the energy there and I think that he's uh, very obviously we we all love Marcus Smart Marcus Smart is with with his energy uh, potentially I know he started in this game and, and that that didn't do much in this game but I think Marcus Smart being back is going to help everything. Would have been nice to have Kemba Walker in this. Maybe that energy would have been a little bit different. But Marcus Smart is the ultra player of the week. Eventually, the Celtics are going to win. I still believe that. And the question is always, are you happy because you win? Or are you? do you win because you're happy? So go get yourself... A Michelob Ultra, again, two and a half carbs, 95 calories. It's a great time to enjoy yourself. The weather's getting warm. Grab a Michelob Ultra, sit outside, enjoy yourself, enjoy create success. Back with more next. Be sure to follow our social channels, LO Celtics on Twitter and Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Hey, if you're looking for an edge when you lay some money down, check out the Locked On Bets podcast. It's hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You got daily picks, blowout specials, the wrong team favorite picks. Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Check out Locked On Bets. It's brought to you by betonline.ag. Check out Locked On Bets. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Betonline.ag is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. NBA in full swing, college basketball, the tournament's coming up pretty soon here. Uh, NHL, baseball's coming back. You can bet on it all at Bet Online, even on award shows, TV shows, reality. It's all there. They've got you covered for news, scores, odds. It's the best place 
to place your bets and it's free to sign up, head to the website or whip out your mobile device, sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. 50% on your first deposit. So if your first deposit is $200, they're going to give you a $100 welcome bonus. That's how it works with the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Please gamble responsibly. I did not check what the odds were in this in this game with the Celtics. Um, but <laughs> this was just I'm sure it was a losing bet. Uh, the Celtics certainly are facing extenuating circumstances. That is that is hundred percent true. Um, and, and some of the things that I say, you know, when you think about it from the full, the full perspective, like you listen to me talk and I, I'm sort of like an interpreter, right? My, my job is to, I go talk to the Celtics and then I come back and I talk to you and I kind of tell you what they said. You don't get to talk to them. Really, uh, unless, you know, Twitter changes things and Instagram changes things a little bit, but I talk to them and my colleagues talk to them and then we come talk to you like, Hey, this is what they said. And some of it's up for interpretation and some of it, it, it's gotten more difficult. Like I really, really wish I was in the locker room now. I really, really wish I was in the practice facility so I could see their shoot arounds and whatever, like they don't have practices anymore. But there are sometimes a pregame shoot around, something that can get me around the, the team so I can kind of get a better sense of what's going on and how tired these guys might look and, and all of that stuff. But after the game, J- uh, Jason Tatum is sitting there yawning his way through a postgame Zoom. And, you know, it really hits home the, the entire process of this. So in the first, in the first segment, I'm sitting there thinking like, What's what's with these guys? Why can't they sharpen their focus? Why can't they understand? Like we know, coming into this, you they have to know their tendencies, right? They know that they don't play well, they don't start well against bad teams, and I, I, it's hard for me to say, well if you know this, why don't you do this without taking into account, like everything that they're going through. And that's not something that people want to hear. But when I was doing my writing, I, the comparison I got was like, people don't want to hear the excuses. Like you might be sitting there saying like, Jesus, John, why do you keep making excuses? And the comparison I make is like, well, I don't fit into the same size pants that I used to. And if you came up to me and be like, geez, John, why, why can't you, you, know, you, you probably stand to lose like 10 pounds, 15 pounds. Like, yeah, well, you know, I got work and you know, life, life gets in the way. We, we can do that all the time. We, we do that all the time. You've probably told your friends some sort of excuse for something. Why can't you get this done? Why Maybe your wife or your husband, you, you ask a question about like, why didn't you do this? Well, you know, stuff gets in the way. And we accept that. We accept like if I, I've had conversations with my friends 
We would sit around drinking beer, which doesn't help, <laughs> you know, unless it's a Michelob Ultra. I should probably switch to that. But you sit around and be like, yeah, you know, with the kids and you know, I don't have kids, but they say it with the kids. And, you know, you go here, you go there. And it's just, I don't have time. I just don't have time anymore. It's tough. You're like, yeah, I get it. I get it. But when you say an excuse for somebody like the Boston Celtics, like, yeah, well, you know what? They're going to pay, they're playing. This is their second game of an eight game in, in 14. Was it eight game in 12 nights, 14 nights stretch. Uh, and yeah, you got to travel. You got to go from Boston to Cleveland. So after that game, after that, that loss to Utah, you got to get on a plane, get to Cleveland, wake up at like whatever, 8, 9 a.m. for a COVID test, your first of three COVID tests, then try to get back to sleep. Then what? You got to shoot around. You have a, a, a morning film session. You got to go through your film session. Because if you don't, then you're just basically just showing up blind. like. And then you get another COVID test, and then maybe you get to take a pregame nap, and then you go to the arena, and it's, it's the grind. It's over and over and over again. And and yeah, so when you take everything into account, I'm sure if I was if they allowed it, if they allowed like a camera to go follow a guy around, and you'd be like, whoa, geez, this isn't this isn't quite as glamorous as I thought it was. Then we'd see like these guys are are going through a ton. They're going through a ton here. And so inherently some of the things that we say and we think are gonna be unfair. And because we're not fully informed, we can't, we really can't come up with like the actual right answers. I think I I have a a pretty good grasp on things, but there are things that I don't know that they keep from me. There are, I'm sure deflections that when I'm asking about certain things that, you know, I get steered in a different direction that happens all the time. And, you know, fans think that they've got answers because they're separated. And you know what? As much as I sit here and I'll say, yeah, I'm around the team. I know more about the team than most people because I just have, I, I have more information. That doesn't mean that I have entirely a better perspective. Sometimes a fan's separation from the team gives you a little bit more clarity. Like that's also part of it. That's also why some people choose to cover teams on their own without the access because they don't want the access because they don't want to have any sort of, you know, team influence over things. That's also part of it. There are so many elements to what this team is and how it is perceived. And this is very much like a nature versus nurture type of argument. What, what you're exposed to colors your perception of this team. So a lot of you who listen to this podcast on a regular basis, first of all, thank you. A lot of you share my opinion or have come around to my opinion or at least understand my opinion. And when someone disagrees with that opinion, you can have a counter argument or maybe you support my opinion because if you, if you've chosen to listen to me, then you like what I'm saying. You like how I say it. And then you probably repeat it from time to time when you're having a Celtics conversation. If a person that doesn't really listen to me 
listens to sports talk radio and hears them talking about green teamers, then guess what? Those are generally the people who are in my Twitter mentions who call me a green teamer and say, oh, because you aren't saying this or that or the other thing, then that makes you this. And, and really, so much of this is, is none of that stuff. Like, I just see things from a different perspective. And, and look, I've, I've been very critical of Sports Talk Radio here uh, before, and I, a lot of it is performative. A lot of it is performative. So there's a lot of what's being said to you is certainly an exaggeration. Even if a person believes it, the volume is turned up past 10 on a lot of what you're told. That is inherently true. A lot of this is performance. A lot of this is a brand thing. Certain people have certain brands and they don't want to stray from that. If they're generally critical, if they want to be the person who stands out for being critical, they're going to be critical. I happen to be a person who stands out, I think, for being more of the optimist, or at least I, I'd like to see the entire picture as best I can. So when things are going poorly, I tend to skew the other way because that's not being seen enough. And when everything's going great, then I do sometimes, I don't know if you notice, but I will tend to be like, well, but then there's this, then there's that. When things are going great, I'm looking for the cracks that can turn things bad. And when things are going bad, I'm looking for the things that can make things good. And so I'm always trying to see what that balance is. And so our perception of this team is just dependent on a lot of times, who you listen to. So what's the reality? Where are, where are these guys? Who are these guys? I'm going to talk about that when I come back. After I tell you about Rock Auto being the best place for you to go get anything you need for your car. Are you a pro or, or a very good do-it-yourselfer? Go to rockauto.com. If you're like me, who I admittedly don't know what's going on under the hood of my car... Uh, I understand the basic concepts, but I'm not going to be able to point things out and fix them for you. So, but it's all fine. doesn't matter who you are. The prices are all the same for everybody at rockauto.com, which is not something that can be said at those chain stores, in those strip malls. Save yourself the trip. Don't bother going there and talking to whomever's behind the counter and giving that person that information and having that person go over to a shelf and picking whatever is off that shelf and giving it to you. You don't want that. You want the parts that you want, the parts that you need at a price that you can afford. And at Rock Auto, 30 to 50 to 100% less for some of these, these exact same parts. So check out a family business that has been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. Their catalog is easy to navigate, so check it out. It's worth a look. Even if you just need wipers, even if you just need new carpets after this New England winter, spring is here, finally, this weekend. So time to get yourself a little uh, you know, spruce up for your car. It's all at rockauto.com. When you go there and you buy something, write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com.
Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Celtics wherever you get podcasts or follow us on Spotify. March Madness is right around the corner here, and you can get more analysis of the top prospects available in this year's draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Built Bar also doing its own kind of March Madness thing with its Built Bars. They are the best tasting protein bars on the market. I can't tell the difference between them and a candy bar with some of these flavors. They're delicious, but they are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. So you're not going to get that in a candy bar. What you are going to get in a Built Bar is all of that flavors that have nuts and no nuts, just a, a ton of different options, and they're trying to figure out which one's the best. So they're doing Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, salted caramel and cookie dough chunk, which is a tough choice, a very tough choice. I'm going salted caramel. But then again, I went peanut butter against coconut puff and lost. So my bracket is busted. That's a problem for me. I am more incensed at peanut butter losing in this bracket than I am at the Celtics losing that game to the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's, how does peanut butter lose to coconut puff? What's a coconut puff? I'm, I'm, I'm very upset. So go check out their enticing eight. We've got cookies and cream versus coconut almond coming up soon. The uh, coconut, I'm sorry, the cookie dough chunk and salted caramel uh, vote is up there now. Follow them there at BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter to cast your vote and see what matchup is next. While you're on BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. LOCKED15 gets you 15% off your next order. That's going to work every time, so check them out. Use it again next time. Go to BuiltBar.com, place an order, and then check back. Every time you check back, order a new box and see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. So the Celtics go out there and and suck for the first half of their game against the Cavaliers. They fall behind by as many as 21 points and nearly come back. They won the second half. Uh, by, what was this, nine, ten points. So if you if they put forth that effort earlier, maybe by the fourth quarter, this, this game turns around significantly. And so you look, you look at this and you say, well, what am I looking at here? Who are these guys? What, what are we doing? And the question is, is a tough one to answer because who, who are they really? That's, that's the question that everybody, when I get on the radio or whatever, I get asked that all, all the time. Who, who are these guys? Who are they really? When you look at when they try, and this is, this is the best thing I can boil it down to, you watch them not try. And sometimes in this season, it's going to happen. It's going to happen more often. And, I, and another question as I'm talking about this is how much of this is real? How much of this is well, we're reacting to things like they're normal. We're just we're just being normal people 
normal fans, normal podcasters, normal writers, treating each game and each action and reaction like it's a normal thing that next season will just be the next step. In Last season was one step, this was another, and next season, and so on and so forth. But how much of this is really real? Like, how much of this lack of effort is something that is generated by this stupid schedule? And how much of it is, huh, these guys really are being lazy in these situations. How much of this is ingrained in these guys and how much of it is, eh, this, this schedule, this COVID schedule is, is a problem and they've just got to get through it. So we try to answer the question of who are these guys this is almost like human psychology, you know, what's real with them? What's real with Tatum? What's real with Brown? And more so what wasn't real before, but becomes real manifests itself as something and now becomes a problem. And maybe that's the bigger question. Maybe that's the biggest question of them all. Maybe this season with pressure turns something that didn't exist before into something that's now part of this team moving forward. Maybe the fatigue and the frustration, and let me tell you, these guys feel the frustration too. It's not like they're all just getting on that team plane and they're like, ah, ha, 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 la di da da we're rich millionaires, who cares if we lost? Like, they're pissed off too. They, they're not happy. They're not happy that they have to sit in front of the media. They're not happy that they have to answer questions. They're not happy they have to go back and do a film session tomorrow and then play the Kings on Friday and then have to play five games in seven days next week. They don't want to have, have to do any of that stuff. But, that's just how it goes. And does any of this, does any of the does any of it turn into resentment? Does any of it turn into a an attitude issue? Does any of it become uh, a a for lack of a better term, does it does it start does it plant the seeds of resentment between teammates? That's, that's going to be the bigger question here. Who are these guys? Who is this team? Maybe we'll never know. Maybe we'll never get the right answer. And maybe this, this Celtics team will just kind of go up and down. And one day they'll look great. And the next day they'll look crappy. And we'll be yelling at each other on Twitter. Because that's what we do. Because we're all cooped up. We've been cooped up for months. And all we can do is yell at each other. Everybody's pissed. Everybody's so mad. But maybe maybe this season just never resolves itself. Maybe this is just one big Sisyphus rock being pushed up the mountain and then rolling back down and then pushed back up and rolling back down. And we just are doomed to watch this team push that rock up and down, up and down, and never get it to the top. And so 
it's, I don't have the answers and no one has the answers because if you say, well, Brad Stevens is the problem. Just fire him. That's not the answer either because who are you going to, what, what coach is going to come in here and be like, all right, I'm going to take over and we're going to do things completely differently. And by the way, there's no opportunity to practice or for me to put in any kind of new system. So we're just going to wing it. People talk about firing Brad like like that's some magic thing. Like the Celtics are going to have any opportunity to do anything but continue what they've been doing. Really, the only thing if you say, oh, well, they Brad's lost them. Okay, so what do you make? Jay Laranega, the, the head coach? What's he going to do? What's he going to do differently? Maybe start Robert Williams? I don't know. Okay. But this what we saw in this game wasn't about starting Robert Williams. It had nothing to do with Robert Williams starting or coming off the bench. That was all effort. And Robert Williams played a bunch in that first half, and that didn't change a whole hell of a lot. That was just overall blah effort. Does it... Does Firing Danny Ainge help anything? Some people say, oh, get rid of Danny Ainge. Okay. Well, what does that do now? What does that do for these guys? Well, where does that get Boston? You're going to get somebody in here in the next six days to, okay, Danny Ainge, you're fired. Let's next, now you go make a trade. With, I mean, I guess Mike Zarin could step up, but like that, that would be very difficult. Because, you know, Mike Zarin has a strong hand in everything the Celtics do. You know, he's, he's like the right-hand man for Danny Ainge. Okay, Mike, you go do it. You don't think that the the Celtics make decisions with Mike Zarin's heavy input in this? So just get another guy and have him make decisions and whatever. Just throw him in there. A lot of reactions to, I mean, maybe, maybe that will, maybe that stuff will work. I don't know. Maybe it will, but nothing short term. So who are these guys? Who is this team? Are they going to have the opportunity? Brad Stevens before the game said, you got to figure out the couple of things that you do great and really hammer those basically. And the Celtics have not been able to figure out what they do great. Partly because you got Kemba Walker not playing in a back-to-back. You think Kemba Walker might have changed things a little bit in this game? You don't think that maybe a few minutes of Kemba Walker, so maybe you could play Marcus Smart a little bit more, uh, or, or at least reallocate? I mean, he played 30 minutes, so 29 minutes. So his, his minutes restriction is kind of coming back. But you don't think throwing Kemba in there or even hell, Tristan Thompson. They needed to be bigger. They needed to be stronger at the rim. Maybe he could have made a difference. The answers are not as easy as some people want to make it out to be. And I just wonder if answering some of these questions now is, is even the right thing to do. If you're answering a question being asked in this situation, is that even the right question to be asking? You know, like 
in this crazy situation with the schedule and all that stuff, the questions that come up, are those the really the right questions about the team? Are these evaluations from this year, are those really going to be accurate? Because under normal circumstances, are, they, are those things even going to come up? It's hard. It's hard to figure out what's going on with this team. It's hard. The answers are not simple. They're frustrating as hell, though. They are frustrating as all hell. And it's difficult. It's difficult to watch them. I know it's difficult to cover them. I'm wrapping up this podcast at 3 in the morning because I spent like 45 minutes after I was done with my game report saying, okay, now what? What do I, what do I write about? How do I, how do I write about this team now? What else can I say? Really honestly, what else can I say? And then I wrap that up and now I got to hop on the podcast. I'm like, okay, now what do I say? Yet somehow I've managed to talk for 40 minutes. So imagine if I actually had something to say. This is a lot more stream of consciousness than my normal podcast. Hopefully it made sense. If not, I'm going to be back tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be a fun podcast. I've got the hosts of Locked on Thunder, Raptors, and Cavs on the Friday show to talk about trades. We've talked about George Hill. We've talked about maybe Norm Powell or maybe Larry Nance. All potential trade targets for the Celtics. All those hosts are going to come up and shoot them down (laughs) on the Friday podcast. So that'll be a much different podcast tomorrow. Subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. Please give the show a five-star rating, a good written review. If you have subscribed and share the podcast, tell your friends that they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics the number one Boston Celtics podcast on the planet.